Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. We usually look at this text that we've just read and think about what we should be doing for the Lord and how much we should be performing for Him. That's not what I want to talk to you about this morning. What I want to talk to you about is, is what this man said when his master came back. He said, I know you. He said, I know what kind of man you are. He said, I know you're a hard man. Well, if we actually look at this text, it's, it's sort of a parable. And if we look at this text, we're, we're, uh, we're probably going to assume that the master would be God himself and that the servant would be you or, you or, you or myself. And uh, we would be the ones approaching him and saying, well, we've done what we can with what you've given us. And, and therefore, what we render back to you will be what, what you will repay us with or what you will... Bless us with. Now, <clears throat> this man said he knew his master. And the world thinks the same thing. This man said, I, I know you. I know you're a hard, hard man. You reap where you haven't sowed. So he actually looked at what type of reaction the, the master was having. He looked at his reputation and said, I, I know what kind of man you are. And, and the world really believes that they know what God is. They know what sort of a God he is. Sort of like this man knew that his master was a hard man. That, that, that's what he assumed. Basically, I don't think he was a hard man. I don't think he was hard in the sense that this, this fellow was looking at him. Matter of fact, he appeared to be pretty generous to me. The man who had five talents, he said, I've made, I've made five more. And the master said, well, come share with me. So whatever he had made, he was going to share with the servant that had provided for him. The same with the one that had the two talents. But the one that had one talent, 
it was taken from him because he, he said, I know what kind of man you are, and so I, that's how I reacted to you. I reacted to you in that way. Well, there, there have been some over the centuries that thought they knew God. They really thought they had a handle on who God was. I know you, this guy said. Israel actually thought they knew God because God set forth the rules and laws and regulations. And so as they received the Old Testament covenant, and we read about all of this in the Old Testament in their history, they actually thought they knew God. So they thought they knew enough about him to know how to behave with him. But did they really know him? Well, Paul in Romans chapter 1 said they didn't know him. They should have known him, but they didn't. They knew something about him. And that's what this fellow with the one talent knew. He knew something about him. What he knew was that this fellow, he, he, said, he said, I know my master. I know that, that you reap things that you don't sow, that you expect other to work, others to work for you. You expect to get a return and so forth. But he didn't really know his master. He didn't know anything about his generosity. He didn't know anything about his mercy. He didn't know anything about his goodness. All he knew was that he would come back and demand what he had given him, demand that the man perform in a certain way, that he go to work, put his talent to work. He didn't like that. Israel knew something about God, but they didn't really know God. They, they knew something that uh, they thought they knew about him. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 20 says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and right, unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. They could have known him. That's what the text is saying. You could have known me, God said. You could have known me. He said, for God showed it unto them. God showed them things. But, he said, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They did not know him, and they went into idolatry. and went into apostasy. Knowing something about God doesn't mean that we know God. In John 17, verse 25, Jesus himself said this, O righteous Father, the world has not known you. The world likes to think they know him. We like to think that we know all about him. Human arrogance actually blocks our, and our ego blocks our ability to see God and to know Him. We know the facts about God. We know something about His creation. But the fact, that, the fact remains, we really don't know God Himself. We just know what we think we know about God or what we think we've seen. Colossians, or 1 Corinthians 1 at verse 21 says, after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. So we think we know something about God, and we make all these de declarations, all these statements about Him. Well, if, if God is so wonderful, so powerful, why doesn't He do whatever we think He ought to be doing? So we get our concept of God, and we, 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 we begin to make our vision of what, if there is a God, here's what He ought to be, and so we lift our imaginations up and our ego gets the best of us and we sort of create a God in our own image. That's what Romans chapter 1 talked about too. John 8 verse 55, Jesus again, he said, you have not known him. You haven't known him. 
Now, I want you to understand that they knew about him, but they did not know him. They had the facts. They had the law. They had, they had the ordinances that God had given them, but they didn't know him. Okay. But Jesus said, I know him. And if I say I don't know him, I'll be a liar like you. But I know him, and I keep his sayings. John 1 at verse 10, when John start, starts his book of, of John, at verse, verse 10 he says, He was in the world, talking about Jesus, and the world was made by him, and the world did not know him. Well, there he was. What do you mean they didn't know him? Well, they, they knew about him. They, they got the facts. They knew where he was born. They knew what he was doing, what he looked like. But they didn't know him. There's, there's quite a difference. Luke chapter 10 and verse 22. Jesus said, All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knows who the Son is. Well, wait a minute. He'd been with them for almost 33 years. And he said, Nobody knows me. Have you ever felt that way? You may walk into a room full of strangers. People are standing around. Nobody knows you. Nobody is interested in you. Nobody knows your name. Well, that's what Jesus was like when he was here. Nobody knew him. That's what he's saying. He said, but the Father knows who the Son is, and, and the Son knows who the Father is. And he to whom the Son will reveal him. That's what Jesus said. I will tell you about him because you don't know him. Now, he's talking to people that thought they knew everything about God. But they didn't. In John 14 and verse 9, Jesus said unto them, Have I been so long time with you? He's talking to Philip now. Philip asked the question, and, and uh, they were wondering whether or not the, he would show them the Father. And he said, Have I been so long with you, and you haven't known me? You don't even know me? What he's saying is, if you can see me, and that's what he does say, he that sees me has seen the Father. Now, what is he saying? Are you just looking at my outward appearance? What, what, what's he talking about? There were some people that actually thought they knew who Jesus was. And they thought they knew who God was. Well, that's not unusual. Because there are a lot of people in this world today that think they know who God is. They think they know Him. We think that we think we know Him. Well, let's think about it just a minute. When Jesus started His healing ministry, He healed some that were afflicted by demons. And in, in Mark chapter 1 verse 24 Jesus had cast out a demon and they said there were more than one in the man they said let us alone what do we have to do with you Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are they said. I know who you are. Did they? They knew that he was there and they knew what he could do did they actually know him? I, I deny that they did. They knew about him. They knew who he was. He was there. They knew he had called them out of a man who was afflicted. They knew all about that. But did they actually know Jesus? Do you, and we sang some songs this morning about it. Do you actually know Jesus? Or do you know about Jesus? Okay. In John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus came upon a woman in Samaria at a well. She was getting water, and he asked her for some water. And she, she uh, said, are you a Jew? And you're asking me, a Samaritan, 
to get you water. And, and then he said something that was quite eye-opening. He said unto her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that said to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him, he would have given you living water. She wanted the living water. Of course, that, that piqued her interest. She wanted the living water, but she didn't know who he was. And even after she had a conversation with him, and she ran out to talk to her friends and said, come on, I found the, the one who's called the Christ. Did she actually know him? She knew that the Christ was coming, and she knew something about him, but did she know him? That's, that's really a point that we have to make. Now, the world doesn't know, although they think they know, God. The world thinks they know who he is. They think they know all about his personality. They know all about his character. They have all sorts of criticism about God. Some people like him. Some don't like him. The majority of this world does not like God and do not like what he's done. But here the point is, God knows us. So he doesn't have to be instructed in who we are because he knows, not only does he know who you are, he knows your name, he knows when you're born, he's got your bio, he's got all the facts about you, but you know what? He actually knows you. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you. Psalms 139 verse 2 is a wonderful text because it talk, David is talking about the fact that, that he couldn't hide himself from God because God not only did he know who he was, but he, he knew how he started out and he knew everything about him and even the things that are inside of him. Psalms 139 verse 2 says, You know my downsetting and my up, up uh, rising. He said, You know when I sit down when I get up. And you understand my thoughts afar off. Now that's different, isn't it? I can see when you sit down and get up. But I don't know what you're thinking. And you don't know what I'm thinking. But you know who does? God knows. God knows exactly what I'm thinking. He knows my thoughts. And that's, that's uh, interesting. That's interesting. He, say, he goes on to say, verse 13 through 16, he said, You possess my reins. You, you direct me. You know what a rain is. That, that's how you direct an animal that you want them to move a certain way. He said, "You direct. You, you possess my range. You've covered me in my mother's womb. You started me. He, you started me out when I was starting out in my mother's womb." He said, "I'll praise you. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret." and curiously wrought in the lowest places of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in your book all my members are written, which are in continuance were fashioned, whereas yet there was none of them. He said, you know all about me and how, I'm, how I work. Jesus himself knew what was inside man. Not just what, he knew people. He knew who they were. But he also knew what they were thinking. Now that's interesting. Bonnie and I get into discussions every now and then. Do you ever do that with somebody close? And she says, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> and I say the same thing. I don't say that to anybody else. <laughs> but I do. She and I talk this way. And you, you have spouses. Some of you have lost your spouses. You remember. You remember how it was. You can talk now. You can tell me about it. <laughs> They won't, they won't argue. But, but 
we have friends like that too, and we have we have family like that. But Jesus actually knew what people were thinking. Isn't that amazing? John chapter two verse twenty four. Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. He knew what they were thinking, what they were going to do. Matthew nine verse four says Jesus knowing their thoughts said, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? So he knew they were thinking bad things. John 5.42 says, I know you. Now here's a good one. I know you because you have not the love of God in you. Wow. He knew these individuals didn't love God. That's a very hard statement, isn't it? 1 Corinthians 3 verse 20 says, Again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they're vain. You're not as smart as you think you are. That's what he's saying. Amos 4 verse 13. For lo, he that forms the mountains and creates the wind and declares unto man what is his thought that makes the morning darkness and treads upon the high places of the earth. The Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. He knows what is in his thought. You know, we have examples of some of this. <clears throat> Peter and Peter the apostle and, and the other apostles began preaching in the book in the city of Jerusalem. The book of Acts records it. And as they were preaching, some of these individuals who heard the gospel were, obeyed the gospel, and they began to preach the gospel themselves. And so, uh, there was, there's a fellow Philip that went out preaching right away, and you know Philip and the eunuch, you know that story. But Philip also went to the city of Samaria. And when he got to the city of Samaria, he began to preach Christ. And the people heard him, and they saw what he was doing. And he was performing miracles in order to demonstrate that this is the word of God. And, and the, the people needed to receive the Holy Spirit so that they could, in turn, speak the same word with accuracy that, that he was preaching to them. So Philip called for the apostles to come and lay their hands on some of these people so that they could have the fullness of the gospel. All right. When Peter and, Jan and, Peter and John got there, uh, they laid hands on different ones, and they received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there was a sorcerer in town, and he had, uh, he had also been baptized, and he saw what Peter was doing. And all of a sudden, cha-ching, he thought, wow, I could make some good money doing this. Now, who would have known that? He didn't say anything about it. Simon didn't make a make a statement. He just he just came to Peter and said, "Can I? Can you? Uh, can you give me this gift? Can I buy it from you, maybe?" And you know what Peter said? He said, "Your money perish with you because you have thought that the gift of God can be purchased with money." Notice what Peter said. You thought. Peter knew what he was thinking. Because Peter was an inspired man. And he could do that. Jesus knows not only what we're thinking. He, of course he knows that. But he also knows what we're saying. Now that's also interesting. Matthew twelve thirty six says, I say unto you, every idle word that men shall speak, they'll give an account there of the day of judgment. We sing that song all the time with our kiddos. Be careful little mouth what you say. Be careful little feet where you go. Why? Because Jesus knows what we're saying. He knows me. Jesus knows me. 
The Father knows me. The Holy Spirit knows me inside and out. He knows me. He knows how I feel. He knows what I think. He knows what I'm saying. He knows what I'm going to do before I do it. He knows me. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know him like that, but he knows me like that. He knows me exactly like that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says, There's, there's no creature under it that's manifest in his sight that all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So there's no creature that's not manifest to God. He knows all about us. He, he's, um, all things that we do are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.19, he said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having the seal. The Lord knows those that are His. He knows. So, the good news is that we can know Him. Now, I would like to know you. And I'm sure you'd like to know me. And sometimes I think things about you that I shouldn't be thinking because I've assumed things that are not in evidence. Assume things I can't see. So sometimes I get beyond where I should be. I, I don't know. I really don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what's in your thoughts. I, I can see what you're doing. You can see what I'm doing. But what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man that is in him? That's what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians. But we can know God. We can know Him. And this is, this is something we, we have to understand. We can know God because He has revealed Himself to us. Now in Galatians chapter 4 verse 9 says, But now after that you are known of God, or rather of, uh, after you have known God, or rather have known of God, how turn you to the weak and beggarly elements of the world that you desire again to be in bondage to? He said, Now that you have known God, or rather are known of God. So you have to be known of God before you can know God. That that sound right? Okay. Hebrews 8, 8, 8 verse 11 says, <clears throat> They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. All shall know me. Now this man we were talking about to start out with, he had gotten the one talent and he said, I know who you are. I know you're a hard man. That's what he thought about God. You're a hard man. That's his Lord. I know, I know about you. Okay. The Bible says, the gospel says, we can know God. And it's not just that we can know the things that he's done, but we can be familiar with who he is. We can know Jesus Christ, and we can know the Father in an intimate way. Now, we know about a lot of people. And sometimes we know famous people. Sometimes we know people that other people know. And we like to, we like to indicate that that's, that's kind of what our range of friendship is, for instance. I know someone that you went to school with, for instance, and so we kind of have a bond. But the point is, I, I know them. What I'm, I'm saying is I know about them but I don't know really that much about them. I just know them. Do you, you follow what I'm saying? We can know about people, and we can, we, can re, we can repeat that about 
what we know about people, but that doesn't mean that we have any kind of connection with them where we really know them. In other words, we really don't know the type of person they are. We really don't know their personality. It may be that you know a movie star. What you know, what you know is what you have seen on the screen. And you may have met them personally, or you may have gotten an autograph. But the point is, you probably don't know them. We say, oh yeah, I know them. We shook hands. We, we, uh, we had coffee together. We talked about the kids together. We, we did a number of things. But the point is, you probably don't know them like we're talking about knowing God, knowing, knowing each other even. What, what's going on is that we can know God in an intimate way in the same sense that he knows us, which means that we know something about his character, we know something about his motives, we know something about his personality, we know so, and we like it, we enjoy it, we, and we appreciate it, and we have confidence in him. Now, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, John said, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. So John is saying, Jesus came so that you can know your Father. Not just know about Him, not just get some information about Him, but that you may know Him. And we are in Him, he said, even as we are in Jesus Christ, His Son. This is the true God and eternal life. In order to know God, the heart has to be prepared by the system that God has chosen, and that's faith. We have to believe in Him. Now, the only way you're going to get any faith in God, and again, we're getting outside the range of just knowing about God. The whole world knows something about God. The whole world knows that the, that there have been things that created. They know the universe. They know the rain, they know the seasons, they know all these things about God, but to know Him, and the world may look at Him just like this guy did, the one talent guy. We know you're a hard man, you're a hard God. You're going to call everybody into accounting. We, we, we don't really agree with the way we're, you're running things right now. So the, the world knows about God, but until you actually develop within yourself faith in God through His Son, Jesus Christ, you'll never know God. You'll never know Him. You're sure you'll know about Him, but you'll never know Him. First John 4, verse 6 says, We are of God. Now this is John speaking, the Apostle. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God does not hear us. Hereby know we the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. Now then, Let's, let's prepare ourselves. First of all, you have to know something about God through faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You have to get in this book. You've got to get in this book. This is the most marvelous book in the whole world. There's no book, uh, other, any, any other book like it. It's alive, my friend. It's full of the life of God in your life. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the written Word. All you have to do is open it and feel the impact on your heart because that's how God is going to change you into the image you should be, your character, and your being, and who you ought to be. That's the way He's going to save you. Okay. Now then, in order to 
know God, we have to, that's what John said, you've got to hear us. He was preaching the word. And then in order to know God, we, we've got to quit our sinful behavior. We've, we've got to quit sinning. Because God does not want to associate with you if you will not quit sinning. Because God doesn't sin. Have you ever been with someone that's doing things that you don't approve of? Personally, you don't, it, it just grates you all over that their, their personality and their behavior is just all like sandpaper on your soul. Well, that's the way it is with God. If we're sinning, that's sandpaper on our God. He doesn't want to be with us when we're doing that. And all, we can find out what sin is. And by the way, when you start looking at sin in, in the Word of God, you all of a sudden you realize, well, that's a pretty good moral standard. That's a good, righteous standard. That's something that I'd like to be. That's something I would like to prove on. Because John said in 1 John chapter 3, verse 6, he said, Whosoever abides in him doesn't sin. You have to quit that. Whosoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. If you just keep on sinning, God doesn't want to be around you, and you're not going to know him. You're not going to be a friend with him. You won't be a friend with Jesus. And to know God... Is, is for us to know how to love Him and how to love our neighbor. Right? This is the first, first commandment in the law. Love the Lord your God with all heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, that's what John said again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Now, I like that about God, that He's love. Don't you? I want to be friends with someone who is lovely in nature, and God is. And then it the Bible tells us it, in order to know Him, we have to keep His commandments. We have to recognize that there were, we're the creatures. He's the Creator. He has the right to tell us what we should and shouldn't be doing. And none of His commandments are grievous, really. They improve you. All the commandments of God are good for you. It's like the doctor giving you medicine saying, take this medicine, it's good for you. That's what we used to tell our kids. You may not like the taste of it, but it's good for you. It'll help you. It'll cure you. So even though we look at the commandments of God and think, well, maybe they're a little tough on us, but still they're good for you. Everything that God has said is good for you. Now the world knows general things about God, but actually knows very little specifically about Him. Common remarks are made, as I said before, well, if, if there is a God, why, why does He let this happen? Why, why, does, why, does God, why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do that? Why doesn't God do something else? So basically, we want, to be, we want to be the potter and let him be the clay. Jeremiah said, we need to be the clay and let him be the potter. He's the one that molds and makes us. So what we want to do is we, we want to decide what is best for ourselves, what's best for the world, and in order to know God, we, we can't take that position. We have to say, okay, Lord, we know that you are God. You are the true living God. You are the one whom we should serve and whom we should li listen to. And we should develop faith in. And if we do that, if we hear his word and if we bow ourselves before him, then we can begin to develop an understanding of who he is. Now, I'm going a long ways around on this thing. What I'm trying to get to is that we need a familiarity with God and we need to understand His essence. 
who he is. Now, I'm not trying to sell God to anybody. I'm not about to do that. God is who he is. And I'm his servant. And you're his servant. You're his, you're his workmanship. And I'm his workmanship. What I want to do is tell you that, that in order to know him, we have to do certain things to get close to that familiarity that we need. And we know that there, there is a great benefit in knowing God. Knowing his character, knowing his personality, his values, his judgments, and his reactions to our behavior. Okay, how do I get to know God personally? Well, the first thing, of course, I mentioned the fact that we, we have to develop faith in him by looking at the word. Okay, you're reading the word. But also, if we try to get familiar with someone, what do we do? How do we do it? When, when we're younger, little guys, in order to become friends with somebody else, we had to find out who they were. Probably that involved an introduction. So if I want to know something about God, I, I, probably the first step I want to take is, I want to find somebody who knows God who can tell me something about him. Isn't that correct? Wouldn't that work? Somebody says, well, I know God. I can tell you about him. I can show you in the scriptures who he is. I can, I can give you some information and I'll help you learn about God and I'll introduce you to my friend, Jesus. So I'll, that's, that's the first thing I'll do. Okay, so I, I, can, I can find someone who's familiar with him um, and I can re read material that tells me about God, which is the Bible. Of course, the Bible is the greatest source of material or people who are writing about God who use the Bible as their basis can tell us something about God and can increase our information and our understanding. And then we can probably listen to people who are talking about God, and that'll help me l learn a little bit more about Him. But I need to spend some time with Him. Okay? I need to spend some time with God to get to know Him. Somebody said a long time ago, in order to get to know someone intimately, you need to take a trip with them. Take a trip with them. You'll find out who they are. Okay. I need to take a trip with God. And He knows who I am. I need to know who He is. And so I, I, want, I want to take a trip with Him. I want to get together with Him. And I want Him to be part of my life. And I want to know more and more about Him. I want to spend time with Him. I want to get better acquainted with Him. I want to pray to Him. You know, Cornelius did this. Cornelius was a good man in Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was a fellow that was seeking after God, but he was a, he was a righteous man. He gave much alms to the people. He prayed to God always. He was talking to God. Okay, if you have a friend, we got a, I heard it not long ago, someone called me on the phone and said, guess who this is? <laughs> you ever had that happen? Thirty or forty years ago, I heard that voice. But how did I know who it was? I hadn't talked to them in decades. I don't do that to people. Do you? Hello? Guess who this is? <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, we ne I need to be talking to God. I don't want him to think, well, who is this? No, he knows me. But I need to be praying to him so I'm getting better acquainted with him because I'm talking to him. And I'm listening to him through his word. So 
I'm hearing him and he's talking to me. He listens to me and I listen to him. The Holy Spirit is speaking for him through the word and I'm hearing about him. Now, John 16, verse 13 through 15 tells me what the work of the Holy Spirit is. It says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. So Jesus is saying that everything that I have is what the Father has. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, so he's going to tell you about the Father and myself. And that's in the inspired Word of God. So I'm listening. We talk to him, and he talks to us. Now, to get an idea, a closer idea, and I want to take you back to Matthew chapter 5, to the type of individual we're talking about. Someone says to you, well, I want you to meet a friend of mine. And I'm going to tell you about them to start with. I'm going to tell you what kind of person they are. They're generous. They're friendly. They're sympathetic when you have problems. Uh, They'll listen when you talk. They'll listen to your problems. And they've got good advice to you, too. Anyway, I don't know if anybody ever describes an acquaintance that they want you to meet in terms like that, but you... Sometimes you'll, you'll run across someone and say, I, I have someone I want you to meet. And they'll give you sort of a brief description of that person, right? And you either want to, you, you get to say, well, yeah, maybe, I don't want to, oh, maybe I don't want to talk to them. Or you'll say, yeah, I'd like to meet them. I want to give you a brief, brief description of God our Father, the type of individual he is. Just to give you a brief one, because the Bible gives me one. First of all, I want to tell you that God, this one that I want you to meet, He likes little children. Did you know that? God likes little children. Can you can you not relate to someone like that? Someone likes children. As a matter of fact, in uh, Matthew chapter five, we we read a list of those that that God does like. Here's here's our friend. Here's the type of person that is being introduced to us. He likes poor people. Blessed are the poor. There's the kingdom. God likes poor people. God likes humble people. God likes people that love righteousness. God likes people that like to do right. That's the kind of person he is. That's the kind of individual he is. He said God likes those that are pure in heart, those that are decent inside. God likes those kind of people. Because blessed are those. He's going to bless those. He likes the weak. Those that are not arrogant. And he says uh, God likes those that are peacemakers. He likes the peaceful people that want to make sure that everybody gets along. He likes those kind. He doesn't like the arguers, the ones that want to create problems and make arguments and create rows and division among people. He, He likes those that are peacemakers. And he likes those that will suffer for what is right. Those that will stand up for what is right. That's the kind of person I'd like to introduce to you. Oh, you know him. I know him. I'm just telling you this is how we need to know God. We need to know something personal about him. We need to hear what he has to say. 
And we do, and we pray to him because we know he's listening to us, and we know who he likes. And God loves sinners. Loves those that are off the track and having a hard time and need to get back on the track. That's who he loves. Okay. Art, let's sing our song of invitation. I know him, this man said. I know him. Hopefully we can say, I know God.